Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the heart of Texas, where the land stretches wide and the spirits run deep, lives a man named J.T. Favara. JT is a product of the Lone Star State, a Texan through and through, with roots that run as deep as the history of his family's land, which they have cherished since the late 1800s. Raised on a farm, he learned the art of hunting, the value of hard work, and the secrets of survival. In the vast expanse of that Texan wilderness, he honed his skills and ultimately pursued a career with the U.S. Navy SEALs. But life, as it often does, had its own plans. Curveballs were thrown, challenges faced, and dreams were reshaped. Yet, amidst the storms and uncharted waters, one thing remained constant, JT. Listen up as we delve into the life of a true Texan who used every curveball as an opportunity who held tight to his roots, and who showed that no matter where life may lead, the heart of a Texan remains resolute. I'm your host, Jimmy Brown, and you're listening to The Unimaginable. My name's JT Favera. I grew up in Arlington, Texas, right in between Dallas and Fort Worth. I um, have three sisters and an older brother and spent the majority of my childhood playing sports and going out to my family's property in West Texas. 2021, I think we ended up purchasing 190 acres that was across the road from the original property. We got very fortunate for that. It's some great hunting land. It's not like the original land that we farmed on. 
but the majority of the work we do out there is just maintenance. We, uh, you know, take care of fence lines and take care of the property. There's an old original house that's been out there. I don't even know the actual date that it was built. We got a brick on the old well house that says 1894. That's what I like to tell people. My adolescence and all the way up into high school and then into my first stint in college, I uh, spent most of my time out at my family's property hunting and fishing and doing what I could to work out there for the family and to develop that property to be the best that it can be. That's where I got to see my grandfather almost the, my entire youth. The only time I saw my grandfather was out at the property. He grew up out there and no longer lived there, but that's where we went. And he's the one that got me into hunting and fishing and really got me, you know, how to understand how to respect the land and respect the animals that we harvest for food and really start to enjoy spending time out in the country and outdoors and away from the, you know, the loud city is what he always said, showed me kind of who I wanted to be. And you know, what I really loved. It, I'd spent a lot of time in college partying every weekend and hanging out with people. And it wasn't until I had left in the military and understood how much I missed that property and how much it meant to me and how much it grew me through my youth. That's where I learned how to shoot guns, which I think played a large factor in the military. Also, my grandfather was in the Navy back in Korea. He was on an aircraft carrier on back-to-back deployments during the Korean War. But he's the one that taught me how to shoot. I mean, he started me real young. He put me out in the middle of the tank, one of our small uh, stock tanks out there with a 22 pistol and have me shooting stuff off the bank and really learning how to, you know, maintain firearms and treat them with care and understand the, the rules behind how serious they are, but also, you know, how they can provide a service and how they can sustain life for the majority of people that grow up out in the country and that aren't able to just go into a grocery store every single day and buy something that they need and really how they can take care of your family, but also the land itself and how it can provide for your family and really show you who you want to be, you know, teach you a lot of life skills that most people probably don't understand. And, you know, a lot of people have something against guns and something against harvesting your own food. But at the end of the day, that's the way I was raised and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. My family's always been very big on firearms, and I think that's something I really enjoy is getting to go out there and shoot and spend time with friends and allow them the opportunity to go and shoot guns and do things that maybe they hadn't done or they hadn't gotten to experience before in their lives. And I think that played a large role into kind of who I was and wrestling did as well as far as the... I got music playing in my headphones. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm grooving over here. I don't know what just happened. Wait, is it still playing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like a little bit of 19, late 60s, early 70s funk. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> that threw me for a loop. I started looking at both of my screens like, what did I click? I did something. Uh, no, I was just, I was feeling what you're saying. I want to put some music behind it. You know, I was like, this, this is fucking <laughs> that's not here. the <laughs> kind of music that goes with what I was saying, but hey, I'll take it. I grew up learning firearm safety, learning how to treat firearms, learning how they can take a life and they will take a life if you use them in the wrong way. And it's unfortunate for you know the direction that the United States goes most of the time because we're so divided with you know states that almost have firearms completely outlawed and you have no 
no teaching experience for anybody. So if you, yeah, of course, if you grow up in, you know, the city in California, I know there's firearms on the East side of California. I know that for a fact. And then a lot of the rural areas in Illinois, I lived in Chicago for a while. A lot of the rural areas out there, I mean, it's just the difference in how people grow up and learn about the safety aspect. And if, if you're never taught what's wrong to do, how are you supposed to know any different? You just grow up learning that firearms are a negative thing and that they're bad for the community and they're bad for people in general to own. Well, that's not the case whatsoever. I mean, people use that to sustain life. You know, if we had a better understanding of firearms and there was a way to teach everybody the safety aspects and how to respect them and that they can be used as tools and they can also take a life, I think we wouldn't have such a big issue that we have. And the division in the country, I think, you know, not to get real political on it, but I think it's just people keeping, I think it's a vote grab, honestly, for the most part, like Republicans want to tell you that you can keep everything and the other Democrats or whatever other side is trying to go against that just to, you know, pull something political right before an election. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My first stint in college, I went straight out of high school. I went to the University of Oklahoma and was only there for one year. Took out a substantial amount of money in student loans and decided to move back to Texas and ended up going to UT Arlington for three years um, working for my dad's plumbing company. Him and my grandfather started a new construction plumbing company in 2004. And so I worked for them through all of college and my senior year, I dropped out and decided that I was going to pursue the Navy and try to become a Navy SEAL. And so I started training for that. I walked into a recruiting office one day and said, hey, I want to be a Navy SEAL. And I already know the steps and the processes. Like, what do I need to, like, what do I need to fill out to be able to do this? I obviously joined the Navy and went to BUDS to become a Navy SEAL and spent a lot of time going through that. I ended up in Southern California in Coronado going through the Navy SEAL pipeline. Do you have to go through a certain amount of months or training stuff before you start getting paid? You start getting paid immediately when you get to boot camp. So whenever you go through the actual recruitment process and you go to MEPS and you're qualified, and they send you off to up to North Chicago was my last duty station. But everybody's paid as an E1, which is the lowest pay rate you can be. And you're there until you get out and whatever rating, like whatever rank you qualified before you joined is what you'll mm. start getting paid at after you make it through boot camp. And that and then, a lot of those pay rates are dependent on what job you have in the Navy too. There's a lot right. of bonus opportunities for specific rates and jobs and it just yeah, depends yeah. on what you're going in with. There's tiers as you're going through the program. Once you are pinned a Navy SEAL, and I just want to reiterate, I am not a Navy SEAL. I never was a Navy SEAL. I just yeah. went through the program. Once you get to a team, you're just sent either East Coast or West Coast. You're sent to specific teams, and they all do somewhat different things. Like you can go and get a medical background and you know be a – you can go to – they used to have Sodom. I don't know if they still have it where you go and get specialty training to do that, and you can be yeah. a, a sniper and go to sniper school. But – once you go through the entire pipeline, which is an extensive process, it's very long, but that's when you'll get put on a team and you kind of, there's a little choice process there when it gets through all of that. But I didn't make it that far. I was not a Navy SEAL and didn't make it nearly as far as the majority of my friends that are in the teams did. What happened? Uh, I just didn't have it. It's yeah. all on me. I don't have an excuse for it. I'll give you a little breakdown on the process. After you get out of boot camp, you go, to a prep program, which is two months long. And it's basically just three day workouts. You run, swim and lift every single day. 
if you make it through prep and make it out to Coronado, which I think they, they were going to move prep to Coronado. I don't know if they have or not yet, but if you make it to Coronado, you're physically fit enough outside of injuries to become a Navy SEAL. So okay. then it's just all on you. If you don't perform well enough or if you quit on yourself or whatever the case may be, there's no, there's no excuse after that. Somebody saying like, I wasn't strong enough. Okay. Well, you made it through their prep program where they have Olympic athletes and, you know, running coaches and swimming coaches and lifting coaches training you three times a day. Right. There's no excuse not to, you can't make an excuse about being not physically fit enough. And the majority of the time it's a mental aspect. I mean, there's guys that'll make it through specifically because they're, you know, their asshole dad told them that they would never become a Navy SEAL or right. some ex-girlfriend broke up with them when they went to boot camp. And they, it just, it depends on what the factor is. Some people have it and some people don't. And I obviously didn't have it. <laughs> what happened next for you? Did you stay in the Navy or what, how, like what went, what went on? Oh yeah. So I was, I did five total years in the Navy and that was the first, almost the first year of my time in, I was in the pipeline to become a Navy SEAL. Um, but yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough for the majority that don't make it through. Uh, a lot of guys end up, you know, getting themselves kicked out of the Navy for some reason, whether it be drugs or alcohol related incidents yeah. or, you know, thinking that they're better than somebody else because they were going to do something that is cool guy stuff right, to the majority. Right. But, um, no, I was, I went straight from, uh, Coronado actually just across the bridge into San Diego. I got stationed on, a a ship, the LSD 45. It's, a amphib ship so we have a you know a flat bottom hole ship that we transport marines and their equipment i went on uh caught the tail end of their deployment in 2017 and then i spent the next oh, three and a half years out in san diego um you know with that ship and with those people so you're basically like transporting marines to whatever mission they may have absolutely all their uh like they're called like landing craft vehicles, all their vehicles that we can pull into the hole. So the whole of our ship, you can uh, ballast it down and flood the entire well deck and we kick them out and push them out. So my ship's entire job is to take a group of Marines and deploy them overseas. And when we push those Marines out for deployment, we pick the group that's coming up, coming out off of deployment up and then we go back. So that's, I mean, we're a giant glorified taxi cab. Not to diminish any of the jobs that those sailors are doing, right. but that's their specific mission, if you say, like, well, is to get Marines from San Diego to wherever we're dropping them off yeah, yeah. around the world. Right. And so that's what I did. Yeah, that's yeah. who I was deployed with and that's who I hung out with. And I did that for, I was on the ship for exactly two years, actually. Um, and then from there, I was a unrated sailor, an undesignated sailor. So basically those are, people that don't have a specific job, you, you're just needs of the Navy. You get put within whatever department they want. And I worked with the bosun's mates and ran the deck operations. So we had a helo deck and we ran all those Marine crafts. We would push them in and out and run the yeah. lines out for them. But, um, after that, I got a contract to go and be a corpsman, which is the enlisted medical side of the Navy. Went to core school down in San Antonio and was down there for about six months and then actually picked up a contract to go to a different special forces program. So after you become a corpsman, you can you have the opportunity if you qualify to go and be a SARC, which yeah. is a special amphibious reconnaissance corpsman. And they uh, go to Marine Recon School, okay. and then they deploy with Recon and MARSOC. What is a SARC? 
basically PAs on the enlisted side, but they are some of the highest trained medical professionals in the military that are enlisted. Okay. They, I mean, they're, they're so qualified. A lot of them, when you get to the highest levels, like there's some of them performing like open field operations Wow! because they've gone through enough. And that's as, I mean, the Navy SEAL pipeline is very long, but the SARC pipeline is even longer because you have to go to so many different medical like schoolings, yeah, not medical school, but you have to go to these, all these different classes. It can take, I mean, I've the majority of the guys that I know that made it through the pipeline, they were in like schools for almost three years before they yeah. even got put on their first duty station. And does that, are you, are you a qualified doctor at that point? So the military is a very gray area when it comes to medicine. Um, like all of the things that I was trained to do, I can't even do now running this private medical practice. Like I was able to do blood draws and push IVs and administer medications in the military and see patients when I was working in Chicago. And I can't do any of that. I'm not even qualified to be a paramedic or an EMT. Oh really? And yeah, they don't, there's no transfer of qualifications. Unfortunately, you would think that it should transfer because it's like you're under the most extreme circumstances performing that. And then, you know, they talk about that every year or every two years about how they're going to change the stipulations and how we're going to get people qualified so they can transfer to civilian life easier, but it, it's not going to happen. That's, yeah. That would mess up their retention. I mean, as soon as you right. start telling people, hey, you're qualified to go do this job, <laughs> well, awesome. Why would I stay in the Navy making right. $35,000 a year when I can yeah. just jump out and start making however much, 60 k being a yeah, paramedic yeah. and work with the fire department at home? Yeah. But yeah, so- Went to recon to become a SARC and ended up getting kicked out of that program. Uh, got into a little trouble up there in San Clemente with a group of people. And my punishment for getting removed from recon was actually sending me to North Chicago to run the boot camp clinic up there. I'd never planned on getting out of the military. My goal was to retire, do 20 years, 25, if I made it in rank far enough to be able to do that. And I actually... While working in Chicago at that clinic, the doctor that was in charge of the clinic that we were running, he was uh, obviously the medical director and he ran the officer side of things and I ran the enlisted side of things in our clinic. But he was from Fort Worth, which is just right. west of where I grew up and I lived for a little while. And so we, unknown to the military, became pretty good friends and started spending some time together. And as fate or whatever you want to call it, life would turn out to have it. He's uh, my partner in the medical practice that we now run in Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah. So he, we got out about the same time. We both got out for medical issues. And fortunately, we both had nothing else going on and we're able to yeah, yeah. kind of jumpstart this, this medical practice that we're now running. So, At any point when you were in the Navy, did you have any kind of like like rough kind of experiences with like combat or was there like moments where it was like it got dicey or difficult or that you know that you can talk about we ran a couple operations out in the pacific that i thought were dicey joining the military that's something i wanted to do i mean i grew up in that era of freaking navy seal movies where right. everybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. popping off and getting <laughs> to do cool stuff and you know you think that you want to do that but uh Honestly, I think I'm blessed and fortunate enough that I never actually had to do that because, I mean, I've had multiple friends from, you know, that I've trained with and did stuff with that have passed away and not even being next to them is hard enough. I can't imagine having to, you know, deal with the loss and the heartbreak that these families and friends and teammates and, you know, everybody has to deal with. I think I was 
in in the grand scheme of things, I think I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to not have to go through that uh, personally. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. 
Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think you mentioned you got you were able to get out from a medical issue. Was that like a a deliberate medical issue or like No, I that was uh up in, I was actually on Lake Geneva up in Wisconsin one weekend and uh, got jumped by a group of guys and put in a trauma center for about a week. And they uh, broke all of the, you know, the bones basically on the right or on the left side of my face. They fractured my orbital floor all the way back. They crushed wow. my sinuses completely. Um, I had subcutaneous emphysema all the way down. And then I had a traumatic pneumothorax. So I had air in the plural space around my lungs. Well, you know, it's one of those things that you hang out with the wrong people. And unfortunately I was with the wrong people that weekend. Nobody stepped in to help as I was getting kicked. And, uh, but yeah, after all of that, I was actually, um, requalifying and training to go back to become a Sark and the fractures around my sinuses. And because of the traumatic pneumothorax and everything else that happened, I was no longer cleared to dive like uh, like you would scuba dive. Like yeah. I, They didn't think I could go to pressure, and I wasn't going to be able to do advanced free fall, which are two of the portions. That, I mean, there's a combative dive course that you have to go through to become a SARC, and you have to go to free fall. So and how, what, what are the distances or the depths of those? Um, to get qualified, they have to put you under pressure at 100 meters for, I think it's – four or five minutes. Wow. And they, they do that in a hyperbaric chamber, which I've done multiple times. They take you, they like mimic going to a hundred meters. Oh, they put the pressure on it. Yeah. It's a pressurized system. You get in this little tank and they suck all the the pressure out and you feel like you're talking like Mickey mouse. Um, but I was no longer cleared to go back to, uh, any special forces program that, that completely, you know, took away my chances of doing anything that I had originally joined and wanted to do. And so after I was disqualified, they actually opened the door for me to get out early. So I was actually supposed to be, my active duty contract was supposed to go through January of this year, 2023. And they released me in my last day in the Navy was July 1st, 2021. So they released me almost two years early and allowed me to get out. And I was fortunate enough for that, honestly, because, you know, how life worked out. And Thomas, the MD that I work with now, he actually got out for a medical issue as well. And it just happened at the same exact time and, you know, gave us this opportunity yeah. that we have now. And what, what is it that you guys are doing now? Private medical, we basically are taking over as the primary physician. Uh, you know, people typically go in for an annual checkup and get their blood tested and all of that. Um, we're doing that, but way more in depth. We have personal trainer on staff and nutritionist. Um, we have a bunch of deals brokered with different labs and pharmacies and things. So we can, you know, give these guys the most benefit and, you know, the most opportunity from a failed medical system that we have in the United States. It's almost miserable for you, anybody to go and see a doctor. And that's why the majority don't, and don't take care of themselves because, it's going to cost you, you know, your leg <laughs> right, right, or your first born, born child and money. <laughs> and then, and then you're not even getting taken care of. And the only, I mean, we joined the military and did the things we did in the medical field to take care of people. And this is giving us the most in-depth and biggest opportunity to do that force people and cool. you know, That's give them the best opportunity to be the best versions of themselves and actually think about their health and where they can go in life without, you know, just bypassing every day. 
yeah, sitting yeah. on the couch and not taking care of yourself. Yeah, it's interesting though. It's interesting how when sometimes like, you know, you have these ambitions and these goals and these things that you want to achieve in life and you go for it. Quite often, it just doesn't go the way you expect it to go. Like life just doesn't work out how you think it's going to work out. It's interesting how if you have like what you have, which I admire because it's like, you keep the attitude of like, okay, this didn't work out exactly how I wanted. And, but I was able to, get over the fact that like i'm not gonna like complain and, and bitch about it i'm gonna move on with my life and learn from it and just move on to the next thing and and eventually you end up with a business that is successful and uh, and also you're still kind of like doing what you were signing up to do anyway and you're still helping americans and in a way that you know they people need right like i mean if you don't have insurance here you're just absolutely up shit's creek you know without a paddle so it's really cool that you guys are providing service to do that and i think it's cool that you've you've kind of like used your experience to get to that point so well done i mean i think that's just i don't know i guess i was <laughs> fortunate to not have achieved too much at a young age i was you know i was as if you ask anybody around here i was a phenomenal wrestler growing up i don't think i was all that great but you know i was ranked pretty high going into state in, in high school and never won a state championship and i was always you know up there in the conversation and and then i go to school and didn't make it through college the first time or the second time um and so you know i th i think the the failures early on in life actually kind of developed me to be able to move past things a little easier than most folks and you know i just think it's i want to be able to live the most you know, opportune and best life that I possibly can. And that's just taking the cards as they're dealt. I, you know, I can't change every little aspect. I can't go back in time and say like, right. Hey guys, don't kick the shit out of me in this random freaking restaurant. Right. But, uh, it all worked out how it, I think it was supposed to, I don't know if that's fate or whatever you want to call it, the, the way that life works out. And I think I was fortunate for all of that. Um, yeah. and yeah, you were talking about the insurance thing. That was, I even had to deal with that, with that yeah. accident. I was supposed to be covered by the military and still got thousands and thousands of dollars worth of bills for, you know, a six day stay in, in the hospital. And that's what we're trying to get away from with this practice. We don't take any insurance whatsoever. We don't even deal with insurance companies. And honestly, it's cheaper for a lot of people to go and pay cash prices. Is there a website or any, what's the name of it? The company is TKCU Solutions. Um, TKCU that's actually, Solutions. Yeah, TKCU. It's actually uh, an old military thing. It's to keep comfortably uncomfortable. Cool. It's just kind of something we live by and think through. And Thomas, the MD that I work with, he actually was a dive medical officer. So he was an MD before he joined the Navy. And then he went to you know, the officer's dive course, which yeah. is like their special forces training. And so, you know, he had to, he went through a lot of the same hardships that I went through and, you know, the same kind of getting medically discharged before you ever got to do anything you wanted to do. He had the same thing happen. He was actually, uh, the Mew surgeon for the ship that was on that Afghanistan pullout. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, he was in the middle of all of that whenever they found a complication with his medical past and they had to pull him from the middle of that. Wow. He's running the entire medical department of a ship that's trying to pull every single Marine out of Afghanistan at that time. So, I mean, the chaos that he was going through and then to be told like, Oh, well you're leaving in two days, you're getting flown to Germany because of something that's going on with your, you know, your medical stuff. So, you know, we just, we kind of came from the same background and fortunately enough, we 
got together when we did up in Chicago. You can't really go back to the Navy at this point, right? Like with the medical stuff, or is there, is there any recourse there? Would you ever want to do that if you could? I could, but it would be in a job that I wouldn't want. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, I don't, I would never, I would never go back. I would never take the time that I had in the military away. I think it was the most, like one of the most, you know, beneficial and de- developmental stages of my yeah. life. I think I really needed it. And I think a yeah. lot of people that join the military do need it. And it's yeah. really beneficial for them. If you would have asked me when I was in San Diego, right out of buds, I hated it, every aspect of it. But now that I'm you know, older and get the opportunity and the chance to look back at the things that I got to experience and the people I got to meet and you know, the lessons that I learned throughout my entire time, I wouldn't take a single second of it back. And I think it, yeah. was, I think it would be great for a lot of people that you know, are lost because I think that's originally why I joined. I mean, I was going to school and working for my dad's company and I hated both of them. I didn't hate his company. I just didn't, I felt like I wasn't doing something I was supposed to be doing. And was it like a purpose thing or like, I think so. Yeah. I think it was like a, I don't know. Like what am I doing with my life or is it? Yes. Like an identity crisis. Like who, what am I doing? I don't like, I'm not happy here right now. And I hated school. I always hated school. I didn't even tell anybody when I was joining. I walked into a recruiting office after I got off work one day and just said like, hey, what do I need to do? Like, what do I need to fill out? And then I told my parents actually after I had already filled out all of my paperwork. Right, you're right, you're gone. <laughs> they weren't very happy, but you know, it's, it's, I think I needed it. I think I was, you know, I was doing probably some things I wasn't supposed to be doing. I was drinking a lot and partying and wasn't really dedicated to any one thing. I wasn't dedicated to school and I wasn't dedicated to work and yeah, I think I was just lost. I didn't find the things that I thought I was going to, but I definitely yeah. found a purpose in life. And I definitely found, you know, the type of people I want to hang out with and be around and the type of person I wanted to be. I think it changed me for the better. Absolutely. And I would never take any of it back. Yeah. I wouldn't go back into it right now, but that's also because I would never be able to do the things I want to do. And, you know, I found a new purpose and I'm still getting to take care of people like I wanted to. And yeah, I'm back home where I can spend four days a week out at the property and get to do the things that I really enjoyed and love as a child. I'm now getting to do again. Um, we're building a cabin on the backside of the property for my dad actually right now, trying to get it ready next weekend's yeah. opening weekend for hunt season. So I'm trying to get that all finished up. So he's cool. finally has, you know, a nice place to stay. Hi. This is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.